Hey there, everyone, and welcome to the first episode in December of the Water Trio Astrology Podcast. We are coming at you with all the insights for the week starting Monday, December 2nd, which is also known as Jupiter and Capricorn Day. And because that's basically the most significant thing happening astrologically this week, the change of a 12-month-long trend, we're going to dedicate today's show to giving you all the insights about what to expect from the next year, which is basically 2020 with Jupiter and Capricorn. And as part of that, we've all been reflecting on the last time Jupiter was in Capricorn, which was pretty much 2008 and what that was like for each of us. And we actually realized that two of us for sure have had some really positive experiences last time Jupiter was in Capricorn. And uh, so we're going to share a little bit about that today. And I think to kick us off, Leish, you're going to... uh, Tell us a little bit more about what Jupiter and Capricorn was like for you last time. Sure. Hi, everyone. Um, Look, I'm just really excited and I'm sure anyone with cardinal angles is really excited for (laughs) Jupiter into Capricorn. Yes, Um, you guys have been like doing it hard. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, especially those with Capricorn rising or Cancer rising, the Jupiter and Sag energy has been tucked away in those hidden houses in the 12th and the 6th. So now it's a time for you to really get some juice and really be able to kind of connect to that. But, you know, the Libra rising, the Aries rising as well. And, but everyone, like, I guess we're hearing so much out there about because Jupiter, traditionally, it's moving into the sign of its fall. Everybody's worried. They think it's going to be really bad. Nothing's going to be good out of this year. But it's not, you know, it's still Jupiter. It's still a benefic. Well, that's what I feel like anyway. So for me, 2008, I literally doubled my pay. I moved, wow. I changed jobs. And in that time, I moved into a, an organisation that had a lot more respect for my skills and my experience enabled me to grow. I also moved into project management and implemented some great financial grounding for the organisation that I was working with through customer and investor management systems. And and I doubled my salary in that time. So looking back, it was a very corporate position for me and quite an ambitious one. It was still a not-for-profit. And I was working with a lot of people from you know, ex-private equity, ex-consulting, you know, some of the brains in the financial services industry in Australia had come to work at this firm. So it was like in terms of not-for-profits, it was like the cream of the crop. So for me to not only get a job there, but to then double the salary of the, the job I'd left before was just unheard of. And I remember just getting the ferry home. I used to live in Manly in Sydney and work in the city. It was like, this is my dream life. You know, I'm, I have a really great job that pays me well where I'm respected. I get to live in one of the best places in the world, surf on my weekends. And it was just in many ways, it felt like one of the best periods of my life. You were living your best life. I was. And I met my husband at that sa- in that same, that same year, year under that same energy. So, you know, it was really about um, just I felt like it produced some really great foundations in my life for things to be able to grow from. So who knows what 2020 is going to bring for me um, or any of us, but I just I hope that hearing those little stories and sharing them can help bring people a little bit of settlement and a little bit of ease about this because Jupiter's Jupiter you know, it it brings its benefits and it's very much about the house it's moving through, the area of your life that it's moving through as to how you will be connecting to that. So 
What about you, Kel? I think, did you have some good stories you wanted to share? Oh, yeah, I I did. I realised that because I've been reflecting back on Jupiter and Sag last time, which was 2007, and how there's some real correlations between growth that I had in my business then and some of the growth that I'm having in my business this past year. So that's been lovely. But I also remembered getting to the end of 2007 and realizing that I had really grown and I needed to now do some restructuring and just sort of prioritize and order and structure. And I do think that's a huge part of of what Jupiter and Capricorn is going to help us all do. It's I think, like she said, it's like those foundations and that containment. And for me personally, 2008 was an absolute banner year. I spoke at my very first astrology conference that was in Sydney in January, uh, which was, you know, just such a big professional box to tick. And Capricorn is 11th house for me. So I guess I was doing a Jupiter type thing, doing some teaching in an 11th house type setting, you know, a conference or, you know, my community, the astrology community. Uh, I had also just finished my certification exams uh, through the Australian certification program. And as part of that, as a random, I finished them in 2007 and randomly there was a special scholarship offered to someone who came, you know, top in the country for 2007. Now I actually came second in the country that year, but the person who came first sort of said, you know, this, this scholarship was some money to go towards UAC, which was going to be in Denver in 2008. And I think it was about a thousand dollars or maybe $1,500. And when you're going from Australia to America, that actually doesn't even cover your airfare, but it does go a long way to, uh, to, you know, reducing the cost, you know, if if it pays for most of your airfare. So I had sort of said, you know, if I won this scholarship, I would go to this conference in Denver in May. And I didn't come first, but the woman who did said, even with that money, I still wouldn't be able to attend the conference. Please give it to, you know, the next person in line, which was me. And so I was, I think that's such a great event that I, I didn't come first, but I still won the prize, if that makes Mm. sense. So I did my first talk at a conference, got this, um, like a scholarship, which funded my, didn't fully fund, but partly fund and made possible going to Denver in May of 2008. And after that, I feel a little bit, because I know I've talked about this story before, like the rest is history because I met the man who became my husband then. And so I thought that was interesting, Leash, when we were talking about, I mean, I then went on to move countries or like it was a very busy year for me that year. Um, And of course there was, you know, I had to, you know, pack up. I was in a relationship in Sydney. So there was, you know, definitely some of that backstory sort of drama, if you like. It wasn't all perfect, but you know, when I look back on it, 2008 was very much that turning point year that everything that has happened since opportunities to speak in the States and Canada and all of that has happened because of the events of 2008. And uh, I thought that was quite striking, Leash, that we both met our husbands mm. then, if you like. Um, That's true. But, and Cass, you had some pretty striking experiences with Jupiter and Capricorn as well. I mean, how are you, how would you describe it all? Uh, well, for me, Capricorn's my eighth house, so okay. it tends to bring up the more uh, the white elephants in the room. So should and we just so- pause on that for a, two seconds and say it is so dependent on the house that Jupiter is moving through, like yeah. in some yeah. ways more than the sign. Like Leash and I, we had 10th and 11th houses, which are – well, they're the second and third most powerful houses in the chart. Leash, the 10th house is number two, the first house is number one, and 11th house um, in some systems would be considered number three in terms of its potency. But 8th house is one of the more 
ominous hidden. or it's like it's not a happy part <laughs> of the chart, shall we say. No, no. And, I mean, just to give you an example of the sheer unhappiness, um, hello, Kelly moves to Canada <laughs> and then Lishi, you went off to Israel. Yes. And I was left bereft in Sydney, you know. I remember having this joke. (laughs) I remember having this joke with you girls, like, you know, I'd been bereft and I had all this anxiety, you know, eighth house, all my my friends are gone and our water trio and all the things we used to do together. It was never the same after um, 2008. (laughs) Now we just do it online for everybody. So (laughs) So there was that component. Um, But I guess on a more... uh, sort of literal eighth house level. Um, and I guess, you know, we were talking about this at the pre-show chat and, I mean, it sort of really depends on on how you you want to look at it. So, I mean, for those who don't know, I do have Gemini rising, so it puts Capricorn in the eighth. Um, um, very late in 2007, so technically Jupiter was still in Sag, but, you know, 2008 was sort of, I guess, the reality of um, I'd purchased a house with my partner at the time. And we We'd sort of, I think, you know, met and bought a house within 12 months. It was very fast. It was quite quick. quick. Yeah, and I wasn't in a position to buy a house. It wasn't part of my goal and, you know, just wasn't really on my radar then. But, of course, lending criteria was a lot more flex back then, you know. So we were able able to do it. It wasn't like a, a big deal. And I remember when this sort of was first proposed to me, I kind of said, oh, you know, do you think maybe we should like rent somewhere for six months or maybe travel overseas, you know, do those things that can like be deal makers or breakers in a relationship. But no, he was hell bent. This is what he wanted. And, you know, I kind of went with with the flow with it. And so on paper, you know, I did have the Jupiter and Capricorn, the achievement. I, I did something that you know, is a dream for many people. And, you know, I guess if that relationship had have eventuated and worked out, I would look back on and go, yeah, you know, it was wonderful. But because the relationship, you know, didn't, it just ended up dissolving, I probably look at that that period of time um, a little bit more negatively. Um, so it really just depends on the angle you're looking at it from too. But also keep in mind, you know, what's different, too, like 2008 also had the ingress of Jupiter. I mean, sorry, Pluto as, mm, long, yes. as well as, as Jupiter. And what we have this time, which I think is a little bit different, is a lot of Saturn South Node energy this year. So we've kind of been primed in a different mm. way for Jupiter's entry. And I'm just going to speak on behalf of many Gemini Rising because (laughs) I've also seen this in client session and and just other people that I know. And even for Sag Risings to a certain extent as well because it's still the second eighth house activation there. What this cycle has helped when you also think of 2008 having the Pluto piece and now we've got the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction uh, in I think is April, early April. I have to check the dates there. But um, it's also what I've no, what I've learned personally um, in this in these transits is the energetic exchange we mm. share with other people, and it may not necessarily be about money or joint finances or about debt, 
It can be the metaphysical exchange. It can be the emotional exchanges, the energy that you share with others. So for me this year, it's been more of a a professional relationships. I've had to re-clarify and and Mm. figure out. And uh, there's people I've worked with for many years um, on the back end that I've had to let go of. Um, So there's been a little bit more clarity and awareness. I think in 2008 for many of us, we, you know, we got kind of thrown in the deep end with Pluto at the same time. We hadn't had time to really process or churn those longer stories and those deeper meanings. So my hope, at least for myself and for everybody too, is that, you know, we've had time to deal with Capricorn, whether that's good, bad or indifferent in your chart. And it's been a very barren place for many of us because Mm. of Saturn, because of the South Node. And now Jupiter coming in with its heat, with its moisture, with its exuberance, it may not necessarily be um, a buffet of crazy or a smorgasbord Uh of plenty. Mm -mm. It's definitely not going to be that. But what it does have the potential to do, and I've mentioned this on Twitter recently, is be a bit of a drought breaker Mm. in your Capricorn house. It is going to perhaps, you know, grease the wheels just enough not excessively, but enough to kind of maybe take the goodness of Jupiter and apply it to the lessons of Saturn. And whatever the um, uh, the Capricorn house for you, whether it's been good, whether it's been bad or what have you, you can perhaps integrate those lessons or integrate that and go, whatever was good, I'm just going to do more of that. Yeah. I'm going to learn. If whatever wasn't good, I'm not doing that again. And that's been, I guess, my personal lesson is being really um, aware of of the energetic exchange that I've, I've shared with others or allowed mm. myself to perhaps be a little bit more guided or influenced by others, whereas the Saturn South Node piece this year has been, uh, uh, no, you don't, Cass, you know. So hopefully then the Jupiter will come along and help to um, bring the benefit of that um, over the long term. So, you know, I guess with my case it's, you know, I, I did a really great achievement, but, you know, buying a home, but I guess it just wasn't on my terms. Mm. And, you know, I look back and I reflect on that and go, well, yeah, if I had my time again, I would do it differently. And in some respects, what is different to 2008 um, and 2020 is we are kind of doing it again, but differently because we've been dealing with Capricorn so much this year. Yeah. That's a really good point. I mean, I loved, I saw your quote on Twitter about the drought breaker and I was like, oh, that's such a beautiful way of describing it. And we've had, you know, Venus came into Capricorn last week as well. So we've got the two planets that re- can really help. Um, and it's mm. nice to have a little bit of, um, you know, moisture or connectivity before we get into the eclipses later this month. And we'll have plenty to talk with you about as we get closer to that very dramatic eclipse, which is December 26th, just, you know, in such a calm time of the year. Uh, yeah, but that that connectiveness and, and I think, Cass, the point you're making around We've been doing a lot of the clearing out and so we're well-placed to take advantage of of whatever growth Jupiter might uh, want to bring. Mm. As long as you two don't move countries again on me, I'll be okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Kel, Kel never came back. I'm just up the road. Yeah, home, you so. did come back. And, <laughs> don't and you move countries this time, Cass. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Maybe you'll be it the one be. moving. Um, but I think Maybe that's, that's really what good. Jupiter in Aquarius Total, to will be like, for you. <laughs> yeah. 
the different point of view, like the growth for you and I, Leash. And I mean, I think that's yeah. a beautiful point. Like it was, it was good to move forward in our lives in those ways, but yeah. it did mean we left behind not just Cass, but like all of our friendships <laughs> and family, you know, and for me, I did not come back. Leash, you, you always went with the intention of returning, I think. Mm. Um, but yeah. And so Cass, cause you really spoke to some of the, the Jupiter eighth house themes about, isolation or even loneliness and that introspective quality, which can be a precursor to things like anxiety or, you know, just triggering a lot of worry or fear. And uh, they are some of the things that do get activated with the eighth house. So the the self-care of the mind becomes really important. You know, if if like Cass, you're a Gemini rising and and this is going to be eighth house. But yeah, I agree completely. If that is the case for you, you've already been dealing with this because Saturn has been in your eighth house for two years. Um, Because that is a very distinct difference between 2008 and now is the, the, the involvement of Saturn, I guess. Yeah. 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 And there's that idea that, you know, Saturn and the South Node have really cleared the table. You know, they've just left the important pieces on there. So now there's the space to rebuild. Now there's the space to bring in what you really want to bring in. And I remember back in 2008, looking back on it now, I reached a whole new level of maturity professionally Mm. and personally as well. And, you know, I had some awesome, like I traveled to Brazil, you know, I had some awesome travel experiences as well. So even those Jupiterian themes still went on um, in that 10th house because it was that angular thing. But there is that sense of, I don't know, just a new level of maturity and wisdom with this. It's, It's like, Leveling up. I think you use that that cast quite often. It's it's a new way of leveling up for this, and a new way of us climbing a ladder. It's it's it will take time and patience and dedication, but the Jupiter piece gives us the confidence and the optimism and the faith that it mm. will work out and that we'll get what we really aim for and and hope for. But it's not going to be as buoyant and as flamboyant as Jupiter and Sagittarius has been, that's for sure. And I, for one, look as a fire sign, I've been a fire rising. I've been kind of dreading the Jupiter and Sagittarius triggers this year because they've just been a bit too much. So I'm really looking forward to just getting a bit more groundedness in, a bit more coolness in. And I love that drought breaker piece that you're saying, Cass, because I keep thinking of the thunderstorms here that they, when they roll through and we've had dryness for, you know, 10, 12 days and the ground here is almost cracking because it needs so much moisture. And then suddenly just, you know, the, the lightning of Jupiter, the thunder of Jupiter comes in and you can feel the moisture everywhere. That smell of ozone, it's just that real feeling of, okay, that's what this is bringing to all those really parched parts of our life. That are, that are desperate for that moisture. So I think it's such a beautiful analogy, Cass. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> it's a good one. And I guess – And then – Go, Cass, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, and then I sort of, you know, let that little reveal out on Twitter because somebody – I can't remember who it was, I'm sorry, but somebody – mentioned something about it and I just wanted to put a positive spin on it. It's like, well, it can break the drought that's been the last two years. Um, And then, of course, you know, uh, we need that literally, at least in Australia, at time of recording, Mm. you know, bushfires everywhere and all that. So we're a very Capricorn country, so it's very much um, reflective of of the astrology right now. So 
Um, hopefully by the time this show goes live, you know, our weather conditions are very different. That would be yeah. lovely. Fingers crossed. Mm. And I guess that's making me think too about just with the cosmic weather or the astro weather for this week, you know, starting the week, Monday morning, Jupiter coming into Capricorn. I think Jupiter moves into Capricorn on Tuesday in Australia, but it's Monday mm-hmm. in Canada and the States. Yeah. It, there really is a mood shift coming through. You know, there's a mm. sobering quality of like the party's over now. We've got to get back to work or we've got to get down to business or maybe we do need to do a bit of clear out or, you know, tidying up because Sagittarius Jupiter and Sag is so broad and there is a scattering quality, the wide ranging, you know, which can be great mentally, but it can also be a bit distracted or a bit unfocused. And Mm. I think this first week of Jupiter and Capricorn is going to have a lot to do with sort of that sobering grounding, getting a bit of a reality check. You know, when you, when you wake up after the party, you're like, oh my God, this place is a mess. It's going to take me. You think, oh, we'll clean it in the morning. Like when you go to bed and you've had your drinks and you're like, it'll be easy. And then you wake up the next day, you've got the headache and you can't even get to the coffee machine or the tea kettle because it's like a mess. And so I think this, this week could be a little bit of that kind of, oh, wow, this is mm. what I now need to kind of handle. And just kind of, it's like, roll your sleeves up and just get in and get started. And that's one of the gifts I think of Capricorn being a cardinal sign is, right, we better get on this and we don't sort of have time to delay. Yeah, Yeah. because even that Tuesday here in Australia, we've got, you know, Venus conjunct the south node and also Mercury coming in sextiling Pluto too, all within... Yeah, less than 12 hours after Jupiter moves into Capricorn. So that whole Capricorn story is going to be right there in our face, Um, you know, going to be trying to scrub red wine stains out of the carpet and, you know, (laughs) work out how to get that pair of underpants off the off the fan. You know? <laughs> I don't know what to your party's leash, but I'm really teasing. <laughs> you can use you can use white wine or champagne to remove red wine. <laughs> I didn't know that. I used soda water, but I did not know the champagne and white. But who has champagne left over after a party? <laughs> <laughs> That's if you want to waste it. Capricorn <laughs> will. Capricorn will. <laughs> That's true. I mean something you said there, Leash, I'm not quite sure how I got to where I went from what you said, but it made made me think of the money thing because I Mm. do think um and maybe it was in one of our whatsapp chats too you know with Jupiter and Sag that idea of like oh I can do this I can do that I can afford this and then Jupiter and Capricorn whether it's like the credit card bill arriving or the reality of what you have agreed to financially and then Saturn and Capricorn like we might need to space these out or you know because Capricorn is a frugal sign it is cautious Mm -hmm. and it is conservative and it doesn't want to spend everything today because it wants to keep some for tomorrow Capricorn likes to have you know I've got my rainy day fund for instance and you know, based on your personality, you you either maybe have that or you don't. But with Jupiter and Capricorn, we're all going to learn about, you know, the backup plan. And uh, I think there is a bit of a shift in the way we'll all think about money with this coming in. And I do not know how the underpants on the chandelier got me to that. But (laughs) (laughs) We all party in our own way. That's true. That's true. So... (laughs) So I think that's probably... A lot well, I guess this as, week. Yeah. <laughs> I guess as well the other thing, and now it's totally gone out of my head, but it was just what you were saying about the the frugalness of this piece. It also makes me think 
so much has crumbled and changed in hierarchies globally. A Mm. lot of things have had to shift and a lot of movements had to happen. So it'll be interesting to see the growth that happens globally in those places where things were brought, yeah, brought to their knees or, or kind of moved um, moved space was forced within. So it's like, hopefully, fingers crossed, some beautiful seeds can be planted with this energy. And it's something that we can all think about too. I mean, I know here in Australia with those bushfires, a lot of people are calling for changes in policy around how we handle firefighters and, and also around how we handle, you know, potential climate change. So hopefully this can be that wake up call or that, you know, that wrap at the door that you open to some great new ideas and some great new initiatives coming through. So, yeah, that's yeah, that my fingers crossed. Yeah, that long-term strategies, Capricorn is all about that. Yeah, and it's the hope for the future, I think. You know, it's it's a hopeful planet in a futuristic-looking sign, so fingers crossed. Yeah. So what do, what do you guys have on this week? Anything you want to share with our listeners? I know it's... Uh, First week of um, Madness Month is what I call December. <laughs> Maybe not this year with Jupiter and Cap. Um, well, well I- um, <laughs> crickets. <laughs> yeah, that's it. All or nothing. Um, at the time of recording, because we are a little advanced um, in our uh, organization at the moment. I'm still kind of planning and plotting and scheming. I'm trying to fit in a little bit more teaching before, um, we wind up for the year. So stay posted. Um, you can sign up to my newsletter on my website or join my social medias, uh, to stay in the loop with what I might be announcing in the next week or two. Excellent. In real time. So stay tuned (laughs) for Cass and anything from you, Leach. Yes, next week I'll be starting my Choosing Your Canyon um, course. So for those who want to be part of that, um, it'll be a seven-week course on kind of breaking old patterns and old habits and all, um, and being able to move forward into 2020 with a new outlook. So, yeah, hop on my website nice. for the details for that. Fantastic. What about well, you, I, Kel? Yeah, I don't have anything special happening this week. I'm just kind of in the consulting room doing readings, but I am getting ready for my January speaking tour, which is going to involve our event in Brisbane, um, presenting at the FAA conference, which is in Melbourne in January. I'm also doing a one-day workshop in Sydney in January. And after I finish in Aussie land, hometown, um, I'm going to Palm Springs, which is sold out. But I do have a New York event that by the time you're listening will be live for sale on the website and that'll be February 1st in New York and the the Sydney event is January 11th. So both of those events will be the same teaching program because I figure there probably aren't many other people who will be in Sydney and then New York in that time frame. So it's basically 2020 year ahead planning with astrology. So if you're looking for some insight on that, you can pop over to the events page on my website, kellysastrology.com and get all the details about Sydney and New York. And I have a feeling our Brisbane event, by the time this air goes, this episode goes live, our Brisbane event will be sold out. Uh, yeah. I so think if anyone wants to, yeah. wants to join the wait list, um, send us a message. Yes. Um, we've literally got two tickets left going to air right now. So yeah. yeah. And I know people say that as a marketing strategy, but we really do actually just have yeah. two tickets left. <laughs> um, but we will keep a wait list because of course, sometimes, you know, people drop yeah, out at the last minute. Or Things change. Yeah. yeah. 
So and also you girls me. both yeah. have Jupiter in Capricorn webinars available for sale on your websites too, don't you? We do. After having, after we having do. so if anyone wants some extra juice about all of this, go to either Cass or Kel or both. Thank you, Leish. Well, and I think this, I'll just give a shout out to all three of us. All three of us do teach astrology. And I think all of us, I don't know if you do, Leish, but I think you do have some classes on your website for sale. So if you are looking for training on beginner or intermediate or timing astrology or relationship astrology, whatever it happens to be, um, even if we're not teaching anything new in, you know, the week ahead, we always have our courses for sale um, as downloadable audio files on our websites. Yep. This is very business of us. Um, hey, Jupiter I know. Capricorn. So Capricorn. <laughs> but on yeah. that note, we will probably wrap up for today and look forward to seeing everyone again uh, next time. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it. If you're on YouTube, look for the bell. If you're on your favourite podcast service, do subscribe. And if you do like the show, we would love a rating on iTunes or SoundCloud or even leave a comment below if you're watching us on YouTube. All of that really Really helps other people find our uh, personal brand of, I was going to say madness, but maybe it's magical. No, it's really magical and inspiring. <laughs> Magic and madness. We can, they can Crazy beautiful. Us, yeah, the Aussie, um, the Aussie astro spirit out into yes. the world. So thanks, everyone. Totally. Thanks, gals. And we'll see everyone next time. Happy Jupiter. Bye. Take care. See you later. Bye.